Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. Hope you're having a great week. This week we're going to talk about a subject that's been cropping up over and over again as I uh, travel to different courts and speak to players about their experiences. And that's about pickleball not being fun any longer for some players. And we're going to address some of the, talk about some of the issues that may be arising and give you some suggestions on how to maybe overcome those. And then in the riff, I'm going to talk about the ready position, and I'm going to talk about a couple of different perspectives on it. If you want to watch our video at uh, Into Pickle, the YouTube channel, we have a full video on the ready position. It's like an exhaustive guide to the ready position. It has all the different positions that you can, uh, all the different components of it and all the different options that are available to you so that you can craft the ready position that's right for you. But in the riff, we're going to talk about the ready position and its impact on the game. Stay tuned for the podcast. So the verdict is in, and the paddle that C.J. Johnson, myself, Tony Roig, and my wife Jill are all playing with is the new Icon paddle, a relatively new Icon paddle from Diadem Pickleball. We've actually been playing with this paddle for several months now, and uh, we wanted to make sure it, it performed up to our expectations, and I gotta tell you, this is an awesome paddle. It has some of the best playability of any paddle that we've ever played with, and Jill's arm, that used to have the ice after she played, no longer needs icing so it's an awesome paddle if you want to read more about the paddle i'll link to the full review down in the show notes and if you use the code vi pickleball at diadem pickleball you'll get our discount if you decide to give the diadem icon paddle a try send me an email tony at wearepickleball.com and let us know how it went i haven't had an opportunity to go to open play in a while but recently i've been uh, going around a little more and, and seeing uh, players I haven't seen in quite a while. And in some of my conversations, I was alarmed or maybe too strong of a term, but I was concerned by some of the feedback I was getting from players who were indicating that they just weren't enjoying the game as much as they once did. And it actually made me think, or, or I don't know if harken back, but it, it, it brought up in my mind, you know, some personal experience that I've had playing pickleball in different stages. And, you know, my own sort of, uh, not sort of, but my own, journey in pickleball and how I've actually felt some of the same things that these players are experiencing or are expressing. And so it allowed me to reflect on on my own journey. And what I did is basically put together a, an article, Bacon Pickleball Fun Again. Uh, it's available at wearepickleball.com in our blog post, so you can check it out there if you're more of a a visual, uh, a visual learner, or you like the, the to read more. But I, what I wanted to do is just basically give you some of the highlights from the article in in today's podcast and this week's podcast, and talk about uh, what might be happening that is making pickleball not as enjoyable as it once was, and maybe give you some suggestions on things that you can do to hopefully break out of that funk that you're in with your relationship to pickleball. So you know when you think about you know, kind of, I'm going to use Harkin again. I'll use Harkin twice in this podcast. So Harkin back to when you first started playing pickleball and think about how you felt the first few times that you went out on the court. It's almost like you're a, you're a kid again. You're, you know, just a kid out on the court with a paddle and a ball and just, you know, batting the ball around. You didn't even know how to keep track of the score. You didn't know where to stand. Uh, you know, you weren't concerned about popping the ball up or whatever was happening because you had no, you know, you were just having a good time. And, you know, so you, you fast forward a couple of years, right? And now all of a sudden it's a different situation where you've been playing for a couple of years. And, you know, there's a couple of things that we think happen internally to us at that point that, that might be um, minds that we're stepping on or things that are happening to us that are interfering with our ability to enjoy the game as much as we once did. One of those is this feeling that we're stuck. 
right? Again, if you go back to when you started, I mean, you had no expectations back then. Uh, you know, if you didn't come from any other racket sports, say you didn't come from tennis or something like that, then you'd have no, you know, no framework to say, well, I'm playing well or not playing well as a pickleball player. And so, you know, you just enjoy the moment. You were in the moment, you're enjoying yourself. And then all of a sudden you get stuck, right? You're like, geez, you know, I see my friends are getting better or my group is getting better and I don't feel like I'm advancing like they're advancing. And so you start feeling, um, you start getting frustrated, right? You start getting frustrated that you're not improving in the game the way that you think you should. And that can happen. That happens, you know, we plateau in, in any sport or any activity in life. You know, you'll, you'll see progress and then you'll plateau. And so that plateau can feel like a very frustrating time because sometimes you'll even backslide a little bit. And the question is, you know, what is there something I can do about that, right? Or am I just stuck in that position and there's nothing I can do? I, you know, I just got to take my lumps or leave the game, which is the, you know, in our um, our opinion, our view of things, our perspective, the saddest of the outcomes, uh, possible outcomes. But what I'm, I'm here to tell you is if you're stuck in your game, if you plateau in your game, there's always room to improve in this game. There's always space to grow in this game as a pickleball player. There's plenty of resources available, whether it's, uh, you know, online videos, whether it's, um, what, I guess that's redundant, right? Because now you're buying DVDs. But, you know, whether it's videos, whether it's taking a, a lesson locally, uh, you know, whether it's attending a camp, whether it's joining a program like We Are Pickleball, you know, where we give you the tools necessary to improve. Any of those types of things are things that you can do to unstuck yourself or unstick yourself as a pickleball player. And what I want you to do is I want you to think about when you've seen like the 4-0 player in your, in your, in your neighborhood or in your courts or the 4-5 or whatever, watch them play and objectively look at them and say, what is it that they're doing that I can't not possibly do? You know, I, what, what is it that they do that I can't do no matter how much I work at it, right? You know, is there something that they're doing? Like, do they know how to levitate? Do they have telekinetic powers? Do they have something like that that would be maybe impossible for you to do? And the answer is no. They just hit the balls more consistently than you do. They understand the game a little better than you do. Uh, they're playing a, a more a sounder game, if you will. All those things are, are you can learn. Uh, you know, we, we break it down into the three pillars of pickleball, and you're welcome to grab our guide at wearepickleball.com forward slash pillars, plural pillars. Go in there and get a copy of the guide. But we break it down into mechanical, strategic, and athletic. And there's nothing in there that is beyond the reach of uh, of you as a pickleball player or as a, as a pickleball enthusiast. So if you're feeling stuck, there's a way to get out of that situation and get yourself unstuck if that's what you choose to do. The other thing that can happen again, after a couple of years of playing, is this these expectations start to creep into our game. So what happens is, you know, again, you you start playing, you're like a kid, you're out there just having a good time, and all of a sudden one day you go out there and you win all the games. Or, you know, somebody says to you, you know, geez, that was, you, you're playing really, really well right now. Then what happens is next time you go out there and say you don't win all the games, so you maybe you only win one or two. Now, all of a sudden, you're disappointed because you, your bar has changed. So now you have these expectations that have been built up around your game. And you're, you're feeling pressure about not meeting the expectations. What happens is it's a spiral, right? You, you feel the pressure from the expectations. You perform, uh, you perform worse yet. And then you feel worse about yourself. And then the, expectation, the gap between the bar you set for yourself and your, and your performance is, it becomes farther and farther apart. And so you are basically going to feel more and more disappointed with yourself. The expectations are met and you're just not going to be happy playing pickleball. What we suggest here is consider reframing your expectations. 
When you first started playing pickleball, I don't know anybody who started playing pickleball the first few times they played pickleball, the first months they played pickleball, and said, you know, what I'm looking for here is I'm looking for W's. I want to get out on the court and I want to have some wins, and that's what I'm looking for. If I don't get wins, I'm, I, I'm out of here. I don't want to do this sport. Usually when you talk to pickleball players about what, they, what they're looking for out of pickleball, it's things like exercise or fitness, you're getting out of the house, activity, sun, social, meeting new people, uh, you know, just staying active, health, some competition, right? There's a mental part of this game that I think uh, is, is not appreciated enough by a lot of players. Not that they don't appreciate that there's a mental side to it, but that they don't appreciate the, the you get a lot of mental exercise playing this game. If you, if you try and understand the game and try and solve it as you're playing, it forces your mind to 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 um, to solve puzzles, to solve uh, problem problem solve. So basically, you know, you you do get that benefit as well. So if you reframe your expectations when you're playing pickleball, next time you go out there, just say, "Did I get exercise? Did I get out of the house? Was I active? Did I see some friends? You know, all these types of things." If you reframe it with the expectations of what really matter for you when you play pickleball, then you I think you'll find that your the gap between uh, what you received and what you expected is no longer there. So there's no longer a, 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 a chasm between what you expected and what you got. And so the wins and losses become less important to you and you're more focused on what really matters. And reframing your expectations can help you, again, further enjoy the game and just not have expectations of something that, if you really think about it, is not why you play pickleball, not the W and the L. If you want to have the most fun you've ever had on the pickleball court while at the same time learning the skills and strategies that you need to play your best pickleball, check out our VI Pickleball Camps. If you want to be notified of upcoming camps and also just want to stay in touch and know what's going on with VI Pickleball, make sure you subscribe to our mailing list at wearepickleball.com. Just go in there, give us your email address, and we in turn will tell you when our next camps are coming up. This much fun should be illegal. So hopefully those will help with some of the internal obstacles that you can find. The other uh, obstacles that we've identified or we address in, that, in the uh, article we wrote are external. So one is COVID. That's obviously, you know, been, that's impacted everybody's lives, not just pickleball, everything else about life. And so that's just something we're going to have a little patience. Uh, it looks like we're around in the corner. We understand it better. Being outdoors is not uh, as big a deal. It'll be a bigger deal uh, if you're up north and you're going to play indoors. That may not be available to you. You may have to wear a mask. But I think COVID, you know, we're rounding that corner, hopefully, and we'll be past that, um, you know, sometime in the near future. And that's just something that's affected everything. So it's hard to, hard to, uh, you know, hard to tease it out just on pickleball. External sort of obstacle to our enjoyment of the game. And, and COVID has exacerbated this, but it's this, the, the development of pickleball clicks, if you will. Uh, you know, when I first started playing pickleball, I remember it was mostly open play. There were some groups I played. I mean, there's always been groups, right? But the percentage of groups seem to be smaller relative to open play as opposed to nowadays where it seems like there's more uh, more group play than open play. And, you know, the solution to that is, uh, you know, you, you can't, I mean, you can't really just barge into a group because that's just not how we're constructed as a society. But what you can do is you can form your own group, right? And so I've had, you know, I've had personal interactions with players who I know and, you know, they've expressed the click thing and I've said to them, well, why don't, you know, let's, why don't you work on building your own group, right? And usually that's worked out pretty well for them. Uh, you know, what I find is, uh, myself included, is that pickleball players um, aren't great. Most of us aren't great organizers. Um, you know, again, myself included, I don't really organize a lot of games. But if, a friend, you know, I have some good friends here and they'll they'll reach out to me by text or whatever and say, hey, do you want to play on this date? Uh, and if I can play, I'm there. 
Uh, so the organizers actually get a lot of play in pickleball because uh, pickleball players are just waiting to get invited to play. So start forming your own group little by little, building your own group, and you'll see that you'll have your own group to play with. And what's nice about that is that now you have your sort of your tribe, your pickleball tribe, and that's something that might uh, help you again with, uh, with enjoying the game uh, more fully. And then the last one is, you know, and this is unfortunate, but it happens where we run into the, uh, you can use a different um, uh, adjective you want, but I'm going to use the less than nice pickleball player. So you have the pickleball player that just makes you feel unwelcome, uh, you know, rolls eyes, just makes you feel uncomfortable on the court. You know, you don't really want to play that person. And and unfortunately, there are, there are players like that in different centers, right? And so what ends up happening is, you know, you'll be on the fence about going that morning, or that day, and you'll say, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to go, but so-and-so is going to be there. I don't really want to see so-and-so, so you don't go. So you're depriving yourself of this beautiful activity, this beautiful sport, because of the less-than-nice player. A couple of suggestions there. One is we wrote an, uh, a blog post called No Thank You. Feel free to take a look at it. Uh, I think we also did a podcast about it, but basically it's the idea is if you don't want to play with somebody, you just have to say no thank you and just either move your paddle down the the uh, the, the group of paddles, have somebody sub for you from the next group, whatever. But you do not have to get on the court with someone you do not want to get on the court with. There's no requirement that you do. And what I've suggested is that if enough people basically feel the same way about playing with that player, then either that player will have to adjust their behavior um, or they're simply not be able to play in your group anymore because of just, you know, the, the, the pressure of the group. So, you know, don't let someone who's, um, who's just, just not <laughs> ornery or not, not, not nice to you or makes you feel bad on the court or whatever. Don't let them ruin your relationship with this game. Use no thank you, uh, and simply, uh, refuse to play with that player. And so that you can still maintain your relationship with pickleball. In the riff, we're going to talk about the ready position in a way that maybe you're not used to hearing about the ready position or something you haven't thought about the ready position. It should be pretty interesting. Stay tuned for the riff. You'd like to help your friend or family member learn how to play pickleball. But how? Now it's easy. Pick up a copy of Play Pickleball, A Beginner's Guide. It's the most complete guide to playing pickleball. Available as a digital download or in hard copy at intopickle.com or at Amazon. Let's keep growing the sport. If there is one thing that gets pickleball players riled up, it is the ready position. Players ask all the time, what's the perfect ready position? I want to have the best ready position. What is that? What in, what's entailed with that, right? So where am I supposed to have my paddle? Am I supposed to have my paddle at 3 o'clock, at 11 o'clock, at 2 o'clock, whatever, you know, noon? And so there's certainly, um, there's certainly you know, it's, it's a fine question to ask. And we did an entire video on it at Into Pickle. We did an exhaustive guide to the replay I'm sorry, to the ready position. You can check it out at Into Pickle. Um, it, uh, it's our video for uh, October 2021. Uh, and so basically, you know, you'll see there, very exhaustive ready position, all about the ready position, the history of it, what the optimal positions are and things like that. Generally speaking though, what we recommend on the ready position is just be like in the moment ready to do something, right? Don't like, don't spend all your time worried about the paddle being exactly at you know, 11 or one, depending on your right or your lefty or at your chest or at your hip, uh, you know, which is the latest thing is being at the hip, not at the chest, but spending a lot of time on the ready position, you know, other than just being generally ready and your body ready is not going to be a, a particularly good use of your time. There's plenty of other things for you to work on before you have to really worry, really fine tune that ready position. Uh, the marginal advantages of the ready position are going to be 
uh, of having the perfect ready position just don't merit uh, the amount of effort and focus that we hear about it. So again, be ready. You know, be on the balls of your feet, have your body engaged, have your paddle not laying at your side. And other than that, you're pretty much ready to go. The other thing about the ready position that's interesting is that players view the ready position as the culprit for a lot of things. It gets blamed for a lot of things that's that's not the fault of the ready position. And the best example is the pop-up slam, right? So you or your partner popped the ball up, ball got slammed. Invariably, if I, you know, when I'm teaching, if I ask uh, the, the players, uh, I'll say, so, you know, what happened there? And, and invariably, the answer is going to be um, paddle wasn't in the ready. I didn't have my paddle ready. I should have my paddle ready. I would have been able to, I don't know, defend it, I guess. And, you know, what I what I suggest is look at it objectively. Once the ball is being slammed, so if the other team is slamming the ball, you're already likely going to lose that rally. Uh, and I'm not saying you shouldn't try and defend. You should try to defend. You should, you know, you should compete and all that, right? But objectively speaking, once the other team is getting ready to slam down on the ball, it is likely that you're going to lose that rally, right? Whether your paddle is in the perfect ready position or not in the perfect ready position is not likely to change the outcome. Now, if you if you have the paddle totally not ready at all versus ready some, that'll change it. But usually the, the paddle not being ready isn't the cause of the problem. If you want to fix the problem, you have to find the root cause, right? And so the paddle ready can become a red herring of sorts, basically, because you, you go down the wrong path and you're, you're so worried about the ready paddle or the paddle being ready that you don't spend any time addressing the root cause of the problem that resulted in the slam. And then um, and then you never fix it, right? And all you're doing is putting your paddle ready, but still getting slammed, probably still going to lose the, the rally. So, you know, have your paddle ready, have your body ready in generally general sense. That's fine. I mean, that's plenty. Uh, other than that, if you're having issues like getting slammed and things like that, let's look for some root causes and address those because those are the ones that are really going to improve your game. So I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. It's always a pleasure to bring this to you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give it a rating on whatever channel you listen to this on or whatever platform you listen to this on. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends. If you liked it, they probably will too. Take care out there, and we'll see you next week.